The evolution of basketball scouting these days has morphed into Instagram highlight reels and deals for high school basketball players where some of them are becoming millionaires by the time they turn 18 years old. For Victor Wembayama, as the next great hope of the NBA, his path was vastly different from, say, Michael Jordan or LeBron or Steph Curry. In thinking about the philosophy of basketball scouting or the essence of scouting reports, what comes to mind for me is a legendary story about a man they called the glider. When did you realize basketball was your calling? Uh, I was always a junkie. I was a terrible player. And this is my revenge in the game. I'd like to say the most athletic thing I've ever done in my life is jump to a conclusion. But I was always a junkie. My brother and I would go to every college doubleheader in the old garden back in the late 50s. Penny Hawkins was my first idol when I was in the eighth grade, following around from playground to playground. And uh, that was the golden age of New York City basketball. Growing up in New York City in the late 50s and early 60s, how could you not fall in love with the game? Now, when you come to game to scout, what's the first thing you're looking at a player? Well, I'm looking. Uh, I, I just want I chart players, 13 different categories, and I just try to figure out what level they can play at, what position they'd be recruited for, which different ingredients they would need to play at that level. For instance, there are three variables in the basketball equation. First is pure physical ability. How big, how strong, how quick, how fast, how high someone jumps. The second is skill with the ball. How someone handles the ball, dribbles the ball, passes, shoots the ball, executes the fundamentals of rebounding and defense. And the third is the intangibles of head and heart. How tough, how resilient, how adaptive, how competitive kids are. Tom Konchowski scouted high school basketball players for close to 43 years. And the nickname, The Glider, is a myth that was created by basketball insiders or anyone who came in contact with him. I can remember very vividly the first time I spotted The Glider. It was at the legendary five-star basketball camp. I was in high school. There was a man, he's at least six foot five, although at that time being in high school, to me, he seemed like he was seven feet tall. He was wearing very dark sunglasses. He looked like a character that would feel at home on the hit Fox show, The X-Files. As I played in the game, I looked over and spotted him and seconds later, he had disappeared. It was as if he had just glided away to watch another game. The next time I saw him, he approached me. He somehow knew me. He knew my high school basketball coach. We exchanged hellos, and this was before the internet. So I stood there curious as a young kid. How the hell did this guy know me? When you watch kids play for 60 years and see kids go on and have success at the next level and not have success at the next level, it's as much of a feel as anything. Now, if you look at a player, will anything off the field like turn you off if, so if someone's not good in school? Well, a bad attitude, yeah. someone who's not a good teammate, poor body language. Unfortunately, a lot of good kids have, they, they, they don't realize the importance of having positive body language. Like even a Bobby Hurley, who was a great competitor, he had he would make faces and pout. And when he was a freshman at Duke, Mike Krzyzewski made up 
instead of a highlight tape, a low light tape of all his mannerisms on the court and showed it to him. And he, he came to realize, do I really look like that kind of a jerk? And he changed his body language. Lance Stevenson, who was never a bad kid, always had bad body language. And I think that was one of the reasons a lot of people got down on him. It is an understatement to say that Tom Konchowski had influence in the game of high school and college basketball. He was a god. He was a looming presence. He really could change the fate of a young player's life. The day I met him at the five-star basketball camp somehow just still sticks in my brain. It still is like a dream. It was at that week at five-star that it was a turning point in my life. It was a week where I knew I could play college basketball, but at 17 years old, I knew right then and there, my dreams, they had to be curtailed a bit. I would never play in the NBA. I was too slow. And no matter how much work I put in, basketball was not gonna be my career path. It's a harsh reality for someone who loved the game like I did. But again, at least I had foresight. Tom Konchowski made New York City his home and through the years and many conversations with other people who love basketball, the glider is almost this inside joke, a mythological figure of life-altering proportions. But mainly kids who play basketball players are people who play the game in order to win. They do what their team needs in order to win. They don't go out there to showcase their talent, to show what they can do, that they can shoot threes and put the ball through their legs and behind their back. They do whatever their team needs in order to win the game. Now, uh, what do you think separates you from other scouts or gurus? I have no idea. I don't know if I'm separated from anyone. In researching the glider, I look to the legendary work of sports writer John Feinstein. He was a friend of Konchowski. Now, Konchowski grew up in Queens and was a Catholic church altar boy. And even though his older brother, Stephen, played basketball at Archbishop Malloy, he opted to cover the team for the school newspaper. He graduated from Fordham and went to work teaching eighth grade social studies and math. But his love of basketball never abated since his first trip to Madison Square Garden at the age of eight with his dad and brother. He started his career scouting for the legendary Howard Garfinkel, or Garf, in the early 1970s. And he went to work for Garf full-time, doing most of the scouting and writing for HSBI, while also helping to decide whom to invite to Garfinkel's five-star basketball camp. One relatively unknown kid he recommended was a guy by the name of Michael Jordan. Konchowski took over HSBI in 84 and has resisted offers for years to take it to the internet or expand its subscriber base, which consists of college basketball coaches only. There isn't a college coach in the country who didn't read HSBI or seek out Konchowski's opinions on players. There was never anyone coaches trusted more than Tom, said Villanova coach Jay Wright. He never had an agenda except to give every kid he possibly could a chance to be seen and scouted. When he talked or wrote, you paid attention. 
when you think about right now in terms of race relations, Tom Kanchowski was the one guy who can go anywhere in this world and be accepted. Um, it didn't matter what color you were. You looked at him as a beacon of hope. And I've always said basketball is a is a game that, that bridges so many uh, barriers and gaps. And I, I hope this isn't true, but man, it's just really difficult to think that. Could we have another Tom Kachowski? Um, who could he be? Who could he or she be? But I just know um, losing him is, is losing one of the great ones. And I think I can just leave you with this, his famous quote, as you chase your dreams, make sure you're catching an education. Where my mind wanders to now, listening to that piece of eloquent archival, is that I'm nearing 48 years old. And as the players of the NBA of my generation start to age out, we're coming upon a generation of players that the glider didn't get a chance to scout. To me, for basketball, there's some sadness in that. Tom was a throwback. He didn't have a driver's license, a cell phone, a computer. He always worked on a typewriter. And then he got copies made to mail to his subscribers. His home phone had no call waiting and no way to leave a message. He traveled by bus or subway from his queen's apartment and would only fly when he had to. And when he's at an event, he gets rides from coaches who are eager to bend his ear. I like to tease him. I said, you're in a Guinness Book of Records. Most handshakes attempted. Guinness Book of Record. Most successful handshakes made. And longest handshake. Over two minutes and 38 seconds. God bless you, Tom. I know you're up in heaven. You're hanging out with your pal, Howie Garfinkel. You're hanging out with God. And hasta la vista. And while many scouts focused on players who would be one and done or play in nationally televised all-star games... Tom never stopped scouting the kid like myself, who might be a lower level Division I player or even bound for Division II or III. His reports on those players were just as detailed as the ones for stars. When you talk about Tom Kinchowski, you're talking about one of the really special people that any of us have ever met in our lives. I remember being like a seven, eight year old, a five star. And um, the only one around really to play one-on-one -on -one with was Tom. Tom didn't really want to play. He was afraid of being fouled. And so he perfected this behind-the-back shot. That was like his patented shot, behind-the-back shot, uh, and was uh, very effective. And I always kid him about that. He always did the little things and was so much more of a person than, than anything else and really going to be missed. And we loved him very much. As the NBA Finals gets underway across the league, I know with 100% certainty that Tom scouted every player on the courts currently. I know that sounds crazy, but Tom was that prolific. And listen, you don't get the nickname The Glider by not being in constant motion, trying to find the next hidden superstar. I'm sure Tom must have a scouting report from heaven on Wemby. And I'd be curious to know if he had the chance to write his report on Wemby, what would it be? Because if Tom had the chance, 
I'm sure every NBA league owner would want his analysis before the lottery draft that is coming up. In closing, here are some parting words by playground legend Pee Wee Kirkland, who defines why Tom mattered and why his legacy is important for the younger generation of NBA superstars to fully understand. Tom's appearance was ordinary, but his life was extraordinary. One thing is for sure, no one ever had to ask if Tom thought black lives matter. That's right, think about it. This man, one of a kind man, helping every young person he could. Tom crossed the line in sports scouting. He made it his lifetime reality to help young people who needed the help the most. You gave so much to all of us and never asked one thing of any of us. That's what made you who you are. The Tom Tchaikovsky we all know and love, remember, and never will forget. God bless.